Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, my name is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and I am with Dr. Susan Little. And uh, we normally have a podcast, uh, Dr. Susan, and this is lecture number two, so you already explained that that's the per podcast. And I'm very excited to talk with you uh, for Hills Global Symposium 2023. 2023, very exciting, yes. And um, uh, we did a couple of really fun talks, so... Uh, this one I really like. Of course, I like right. all the ones we do. But so I really what are we like going to one. talk about in the in the second half of our adventure? Okay, so we do want to start by thanking our colleagues for sharing images. Veterinarians, I find, are always really generous. Um, if I need like an image of some particular disease or tumor, one of my colleagues will usually find it and share it uh, with us. So. Thanks to our generous colleagues. Right. And we are going to show a lot of pictures because we decided to do cases. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is case number one. And um, with the cases, we're going to explain a little bit the difference, the differences between cats and uh, the D word. Normally, we're not allowed to say the D word during our podcast, uh, Susan. But because it's Hills Global Symposium, we can say dogs without any problems. I don't know if I can, really. I, I might need therapy to... Learn how to say dog again. <laughs> I yeah, worked so the, the hard. Big, the big secret of Dr. Susan is that she has and owns dogs herself. I do. I do. Okay. So, so, all right, let's start. Case number one. Right. Case number one is this poor kitty. I know, I know. And I had to th think about this kitty when we were talking uh, in our previous lecture about your own cats. So, Dr. Susan, there is. There are two major differential diagnoses in this cat. And what are they? Well, one of the first things I thought of when I saw this picture was a like a tooth root abscess, something that's on the inside and then maybe starting to uh, it formed a fistula, right? And started to um, appear on the outside. So that's one of the things I think of. Right. That's the biggest fistula I've ever seen in my life. But I, you know, you always have to answer something positive. So yes, but that's not what I meant. It's uh, for me, this is either eosinophilic granuloma or squamous cell carcinoma in the cat. So uh, this is very, you know, the it's either something good or something really, really bad. And, <laughs> and, and, and we're talking about squamous cell carcinoma with your kitten uh, not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, this is squamous cell carcinoma of uh, the, oh, that went a little fast, Dr. Susan. That's, yeah, but see, it was something bad on the inside that right, came from the outside. Right, yeah, it came from the inside and then broke through uh, the lip. And so when you do a good physical exam, you can, you always have to look in the cat's mouth, of course, and you can see there is a big lesion. There's no teeth anymore on uh, the left side of the cat, and it's all uh, uh, taken away. And that... 
eosinophilic granuloma doesn't do that. So this is very, very suspicious of something malignant, or as you said, maybe a tooth root abscess that it went haywire. But if you look at it, it's not only one tooth, it's almost all the teeth on that side. So this would be in combination with the age of the cat, because we didn't say how old the cat was, but in the older cat, that is probably something uh, tumorous going on. And then if you talk about tumors in the cat's mouth, um, do you know what the most common are? Most common tumors in the cat's mouth. Right. Well, I would think squamous cell carcinoma is at the top of the list. Squamous cell carcinoma is number one. But you can get like chondrosarcomas. And I think I've seen a fibrosarcoma or two as well. Right. Yeah. Right. It's funny because if I ask that question, people always answer either chondrosarcoma or osteosarcoma. That's very rare in the cat. We always say if you have four tumors in the cat's mouth, it's squamous cell, squamous cell, squamous cell. <laughs> Fibrosarcoma. <laughs> uh, 75% of these are squamous cell carcinomas in the cat. And and in this cat, of course, it's really bad prognosis because half of the face is already gone. Uh, but in general, if you go to the next slide, they start very small if you pick I, them I, up early enough. I just want to point out something quickly before we look at the, the next one. Right. And uh, you touched on you have to look inside the cat's mouth. And I think that's really important. Um, especially for something like this. But I would expect that cat to be in a fair bit of pain and it may well resist um, getting a good look inside its mouth. Uh, right. So you need to stop, you know, get some pain meds on board and then come back and try gently to have a look in there. So, yeah, I, I would change it even. I normally sedate these cats because there I want to do a full oral exam and it's not possible in a cat that's so painful. And, yes. you know, I, I reminded you when before we started that we have to describe what we see, and we didn't do that. So this cat for our uh, <laughs> our listeners that don't see this video, but listen to our podcast, on the outside of the cat, there is a big erosive lesion in the lip. And if you look inside of the mouth, this lesion extends to the heart palate on one side, on the left side mm -hmm. of the cat. So there's no teeth left anymore. So it's, and that's why I thought it's most likely a tumor. But if you go to the next slide, Dr. Susan, um, and squamous cell carcinoma can occur anywhere in in on the face or in the body, especially in in cats with white coloring. Why is that, Doctor Susan? Well, I assume it's got something to do with the sun. So we're looking at the the uh, face of a cat who this cat looks like it's probably a black and white cat, but its face is mostly white. And there is a large kind of a hairless, slightly red uh, lump near the medial canthus of the right, sorry, yeah, the right eye. Right. And um, also at the lateral canthus on the upper lid there too a bit. Is is that right, Yola? Or is the yeah, main... Yeah, there's some redness there too. Yeah, right. So that's what is... we're looking at. So I, I'm, uh, what I think of white cats in sun, right? Like you think of actinic dermatitis dermatosis, for example. Right. Yeah. So that's sunburn uh, and, and, and you know, uh, repeated sun can damage the skin and can cause cancer. And we know in white cats that it can cause squamous cell carcinoma, either on the, on the nose tip, uh, mm. where there is less hair on the eyelids or on the ear tips. Ears. So this yeah. is a typical example of a non-oral squamous cell carcinoma near the eye. I've never but, seen one near the eyes. I've, I've certainly seen one on the tips of the ears, but 
Yeah. Right. And the nose is pretty common too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So uh, the next one is uh, the most common one I always say, and that's the one here. We have a cat that's under anesthesia uh, and uh, has a lesion under the tongue. And that's the same lesion that your cat has. It's a very typical uh, location. Once again, the differential diagnosis is... is granuloma. Granuloma. Yeah. Uh, it's always near the frenulum, and I don't know why this location. Mm. It's very tough. Mm. And one of the reasons that it's so tough is that uh, in cats, you cannot amputate more than 50% of the tongue. If you do, if you amputate any more, these cats are miserable because they cannot swallow really well anymore. They cannot right. eat food very well, and they cannot groom themselves anymore. Right. Yeah, and I've, I've been fooled before um, with trying to guess. So what we're looking at is uh, a lesion that I don't know how long it's been there, but it's not the hugest lesion. My own cat, his mass under his tongue was quite big. By the the time his veterinarian owner noticed something was wrong. Um, But this one is flatter uh, and I'm sure it's painful to the cat, um, but I no longer try to guess if it's an eosinophilic granuloma or it's a squamous cell because I, at least I, have been fooled many times. So right. you always, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. You always need to yeah. do biopsy. Yes. And that's what I do. And, and as a matter of fact, I do two things. I do a final aspirin or a impression smear. Yes. And I always do a punch biopsy. Uh, yeah. And I save the punch biopsy in the closet. If I don't have the diagnosis on my cytology, I will send it in. But that's that's the trick that I always do. Uh, these are tough because, you know, in, in tumors in general, you need to have margins and we need to get at least a even though it looks like a small tumor you need to take at least two centimeter or one or two centimeter margins which always means that you have to take a large part of the tongue so that's why it's so tough uh, anywhere else in the body uh it's it's easier but the tongue is in a cat is really really tough so i think most of these get um treated if they if they get cancer treatment it's going to be chemotherapy because you're yeah, we know of chemotherapy that they don't really respond to it. So so for me, the best therapy is resection in combination with radiation and chemo. But most of these cats have a really bad prognosis. So, Badly. Uh, and yep. this is the article uh, written by uh, Sue Murphy, uh, cutaneous squamous cell carcinoma in a cat. So there's a link um, or there's a QR code that you can scan. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll put this, the... this is a nice overview. Yes. Um, So we're going to show you um, a number of uh, journal articles for each topic, and I'll put links to them in our uh, our show notes. Okay, on to number two. uh, Before, uh, I I wanted to say something, but now I forgot. Oh, yeah, (laughs) the the comparison with the dog. Squam cell carcinoma in the dog is common too, but under the tongue is very rare. I had one dog in my whole career that had it. Uh, and we did a tongue amputation did really well because in a dog you can take out quite a lot of the tongue and they still are able to drink and eat and be happy so that's a big difference between dogs and cats so there must be some reason why it's common under the tongue in cats but not dogs so yeah it probably has to do with trauma i think but then that's just a yes i guess um so we're going on to case number two and for those who are just listening on the on our podcast, so you're just getting audio. Um, we're we're use the same slide in between 
um, topics. And it is a, a picture of a donkey with a black and white cat sitting on his back. And I think you chose this picture, Yola. Why did you choose the picture of a cat on a donkey? You're the cat and I'm the donkey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on we go. Yes. So, so we have one clever person and a kind of a dumb person in, in your midst. So okay. This, this, was this a is a white person. Course. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a white person. White. Uh, cat is 12 years of age. It's okay. a male and he was nasty. Oh, no, you can't say nasty, Yola. Oh. He was scared and defensive. Right. He was super scared and he was yes. super defensive. And yes. he loved to lead, lash out to me. So uh, this next slide shows you, I'm presuming, why the owner brought the cat in. Had, the owner must have felt or noticed this. Is that is that right? No, as a matter of the story is here that the owner of the veterinarian noticed a small lump in the memory chain of this cat and decided to remove it. Uh, you ah. can see a very small incision on top of this big mass that we have right now. So he peeled out the tumor and we know in cats, and that's another difference with dogs, that most of the cancers that we feel in cats are malignant, 80%, especially in the memory chain. It's up to 90% in the memory chain. So if you get a nodule in the memory chain, you always have to worry about malignant disease. And if you peel out malignant disease, this is what you get. This is a huge recurrence. Uh, wow. If you so, feel it, I mean, it's, it is big to see. It's in the midline of the cat. Yeah. Uh, but you can also, if you try to move it, it is stuck. To the body wall. But you said this was a male cat? Oh, uh, did I say that? Well, no, I just bring it up because if it is a, they're more common in female cats, but right. I've seen one in a male cat. Right. Yeah. Um, I think this was a female cat if I think about it right now, but yeah. uh, well, the odds think. are it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, oh gosh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, surgery day. It, yes. It's Lots. huge. Yes. So, so, so for cats, for me, there is only, and this is a bit, so we talked about the difference between dogs and cats. Dogs in memory cancer, it's about 50-50 benign malignant cats, 80 to 90% malignant versus benign. In dogs, if there's only one, I do a nodulectomy. If it is more than one, I normally do a one-sided mastectomy, unilateral mastectomy. In the cat, I always do bilateral mastectomies. Mm. And I don't do them in the dog because in the dog, it's a disaster. I do unilateral, wait six weeks, then do the other side. In the cat, you get one chance. And in this cat, the chance has already been because right. this is recurrence, worse prognosis. So we did radiographs, it was negative. Look at, at all the lymph nodes, felt all the lymph nodes, they were all negative. And uh, so we decided to remove this. And as you can see, we're making a huge incision, take out all the memory tissue that you can find. Uh, and uh, so the next slide shows you. You should describe the, this though again, Yola, for our our listeners. Right, right. So you see the big mass. It's it's located right at the just behind the stern, sternum, uh, yeah. and we're making an incision where we're taking you know on both sides. The cat has four memory uh, glands, and we take all that tissue out. Uh, we leave a little island of skin at the sternum to be able to close it. Right. Yep. So in this this photo, the cat is prepped for surgery. So it's in dorsal recumbency and it's draped. And um, the landmarks for the incisions have already been drawn on the cat's ventral abdomen to plan 
So the next photo is what happens after all of this is taken away. So just a, a little bit of a, this is a, uh, this is a bloody uh, photo coming next. So it's a graphic go. picture. There we go. Please it's very graphic. Yeah. yeah. So this, this happens when you do a, what I call a cat fillet. Oh uh, gosh, the poor cat. <laughs> and, uh, and it looks worse than it is because skin is viscoelastic, so it pulls back. But the one thing I wanted to point out is that uh, in the middle of the picture, so you see a, a belly of a cat that most of the skin has been taken off from. But in the middle, you can see there's a big hole. Mm. Uh, and that's where the tumor was attached to the abdominal wall. So you have to take abdominal wall uh, to get a deep margin. And that's wow. what's happening here. Good news in the cat is cats are super flexible, so you can take out a lot of skin. You can take out even a lot of abdominal wall and still be able to close it easily. Um, and that's what we did in this cat. But uh, like so, I said, in dogs, only unilateral and in cats, bilateral is okay. So to close that abdominal wall, did you just oppose the edges or do you yep. need... No, you don't need any mesh, nothing else in there. No. Wow. I mean, the lesion that we're looking at is about three by four centimeters. That can close easily. Primarily, I use just some strong suture material like PDS and right. close it. And this is the end result. Now you see the cat on the belly after surgery with a huge uh, incision yeah. line. Yeah, from uh, stem to stern as... Right, from stem to stern. And then it, at the stern, it's kind of in a Y form because I yeah. saved some skin there. The memory glands walk towards the axilla there. And so you can save some skin in the middle to make your closure a little easier. Um, yeah, so this cat is going to be extremely uncomfortable. That's the other yes. thing I always want to say here. Right. Uh, great pain management and, and so nutrition's, nutritionist support is really essential in these cats. Yeah, yeah. That's the type of cat you might want on a CRI of a couple of drugs for a day or two before he before he right. she goes home. Yeah. And in this cat, we use interrupted suture pattern. I'm not a big fan of continuous, especially when there's a lot of tension. Yeah. Uh, lots of sutures to remove. Cats don't like that at all, I can tell you. And this cat had to be sedated for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, again, he, uh, she had good reason, right? So, yeah. Dr. So Susan, we're at time. This is perfect, 35 minutes. Thank you so much for joining me, uh, going through some I cases. always learn from these. Now, especially today, I learned about camels, so. Right. You always learn something. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs, and you can follow her on social media with the handle at Cat Pet Susan. Dr. Yurla Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-V-E-T-S-X. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. 
Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page at per podcast.